Hey guys, welcome to The Dietitian Project, a podcast where I have real, gritty, and honest conversations about the role of a dietitian and provide practical and empowering advice for finding your passion within the field, improving your job satisfaction, and building financial freedom. I'm your host, Krista Kolajesic, or at RD Entrepreneur on Instagram. I come to the table with years of experience working in nutrition care and the food industry. But most recently, I've taken the leap from my full-time, comfortable corporate job into pursuing entrepreneurship full-time as a freelance dietitian. So with this podcast, I really want to explore some of the challenges that dietitians face being undervalued, underpaid, and underutilized, while also providing practical and tangible advice for building the life and career you absolutely love. This podcast is about making positive changes and supporting each other to build up the profession. Through this podcast, I'm going to be interviewing inspirational dietitians who are doing things differently and pursuing new and exciting career paths. I am so excited for you to follow along. So guys, in today's episode, I am going to be talking a little bit about some of the things that I do to stay productive when I work from home. So depending on when you're listening to this podcast, we may or may not still be in the midst of COVID-19. So obviously right now we're seeing way more people working from home than normal. So as someone who works from home a few days a week for the last year and then have worked from home full time since quitting my job to become a freelance entrepreneur, I have learned a ton about making sure that working from home is both productive and also enjoyable because both things are equally as important. So now, obviously, before I launch into it, I know that everyone's situation is different. I happen to be in a position where I don't have children to take care of, although I do have an obnoxious and very needy dog. Shout out to you, Chandler. Uh, So I'm able to stick to a pretty consistent schedule. So having said that, a lot of the tips that I'm going to provide in this podcast will be helpful and useful regardless of what your lifestyle looks like. The goal here is to provide you with advice to maximize the time that you do have so that you can get more done. Okay. Um, Now, on the other hand, I absolutely understand that if you are listening to this live, this is a super scary time. So don't feel bad if you're having a hard time focusing. Uh, But having said that, make sure that you're taking a look at your lifestyle right now and you're considering what are the habits that are making me feel better versus things that are actually making me feel worse. So for me, not getting work done makes me feel worse because for me, work and routine is something that I can control And it gives me normalcy during a very abnormal and scary time. So that's just a note to make sure that you're thinking critically about how you're structuring your day right now and figuring out what are those things that actually make you to feel better? Is it exercising? Is it working? Is it chatting with friends more? Is it any of those things? And making sure that you're building those into your daily routine. So... 
now I'm going to get into my list uh, of things that I do to help me stay productive while I'm working from home. So I'm going to go through eight different things that I have learned over the years, which have really, really helped me. And I hope that you can take something away from them as well. All right. So starting off with my first uh, productivity hack. So for me, having a consistent schedule is essential. So I've said this before on social media, but this is a huge one for me. Having consistency in your day-to-day helps you get stuff done while also not feeling burnt out. So what I mean by that is having normal work hours and having normal rest hours, and those are both super important for staying productive. So you do not need to be and should not be working all the time right now. Just because your home space happens to be your workspace, that does not mean that you need to be working at all hours of the day. Make sure that you are setting your boundaries. Tons of research shows the importance of balancing your time in order to be sustainable and burnt out. So for me, what that means is that I get up at the same time every day. I have a very similar morning routine. I'll talk a little bit more about the morning routine in a little bit. Um, I work for a bit. I take regular breaks throughout the day. I schedule an hour for lunch, an hour for lunch that I'm not eating at my desk. Um, I'm actually taking a break and having a a lunchtime. Um, And then I work for a little bit in the afternoon and then I shut off at a pretty consistent time. Now, I don't do that every single day. Some days I work a little bit longer than I kind of I wanted to. Um, But it's still within reason. Like it's still within reason. I still have an evening where I'm relaxing and enjoying my time. So going back to the lunch thing. Um, not eating at your desk, making sure that you're actually taking the time to have a meal. It's super important, especially as dietitians, make sure you practice what you preach. Practice what you preach. So depending on the setting you work in, would you ever advise clients to eat at their desks? No, you wouldn't. And so you shouldn't be doing it yourself. You know the importance of taking that set time to enjoy your meal, eat mindfully and relax. So make sure that you're actually doing it. Okay, so just to summarize that one, having a consistent schedule is super important uh, in terms of being productive and then also having a little bit of normalcy during a crazy, crazy time. So my second hack is about going into the day with a plan. So this is a newer one for me, um, and it's actually based on some some uh, learnings that I got from a book I read recently. I love reading business books or, um, you know, productivity or lifestyle books. That's just something that I like to geek out on. Um, so depending on whether you do or not, you might find this interesting. But there's a really good book. It's called Better Than Before. It's by Gretchen Rubin. And she is actually an expert on forming habits. Um, I actually think this book is really, really good for dietitians to read if you're seeing clients because she talks a lot about how different people form habits over others. And she also talks about nutrition. She talks about healthy eating habits, that sort of thing. She's not an expert in that area, but a lot of her um, information about habit formation can really be applied to absolutely any habit. So that's just a side note. But one of the things that she talks about in that book is 
Um, advocating for planning when you're going to do things during the week. So research shows that you are more likely to do something when it is planned in advance. So for example, you are more likely to go for a workout or do a workout in the morning if you've decided the day before that that is what you're going to do, as opposed to waiting until the morning of you know, waking up, feeling tired, you know, not really feeling like getting your workout stuff on and going to do that. And so you're way less likely to actually do it. So she also talks about this when it comes to break times. So for an example, if you say this week, I'm working really hard, so I'm going to take a half day on Friday for, for instance, So you are going to feel better about taking that half day knowing that you've worked it into your schedule for the week versus if you decide on Friday morning that you're only going to work until noon because you're tired. So I know for me, I would be much more likely to feel guilty for taking that time off if I decided on the day the day of that I was just going to stop working at noon versus if I said on Monday, okay, here's what my schedule is going to look like this week. You know, I'm feeling a little burnt out. I need some time off. So how about I work hard for Monday to Thursday and then Friday I take a half day. So make sure you're planning both your work time and your rest time as well. Both are insanely, insanely important. Now, Having said all that, I am also not super religious about my plan. So I tend to have a rough idea of what I'm going to do. And I like to set that kind of on the Friday afternoon before the week. I'll look at the week coming ahead and I'll be like, okay, when am I going to do workouts? When am I going to work? What days am I going to do whatever tasks? So for example, this morning... I had planned that I would work out, but I did a pretty long run yesterday and my body felt like it needed a break. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take my dog for a longer walk at lunch. So I'm still getting exercise in because I know that that's something that's important to me and it makes me feel better in general, but I'm not sticking to the plan religiously. I, you know, I'm choosing to listen to my body and that's totally okay too. So as a summary of that point, Keeping some sort of a plan is important and trying to plan in advance and listening to yourself, figuring out, do you need time off? Do you need a day off to just reset and feel better mentally? If you do, plan it in advance. The other thing too is that if you have a ton of stuff going on, you're probably not going to just take a random Wednesday off because you're going to feel too overwhelmed. So plan it in advance to make sure you can get what you need to get done, but then also have that time to relax, okay? The third one is around scheduling breaks. And I did mention this a little bit earlier when it comes to lunchtime, but I want to talk a little bit more in detail about actually scheduling breaks during the day. So When I first started working from home full-time, I did not schedule breaks into my calendar. And in turn, I would get so wrapped up in my work that I would go hours in between getting up from my computer. And I would end up feeling the day, or I would end up finishing the day feeling absolutely exhausted. So... It sounds counterintuitive maybe, but tons of research shows that you are way more productive when you give your mind a break to reset when, uh, rather than working for hours and hours on end. 
So it helps to break up your day, especially when you involve snacks because everyone loves snacks. So what I do is I like to set about a 10 minute break after every 90 minutes of working to like to just get up from my computer, move around a little bit, grab a snack, maybe watch a couple of minutes of TV and then I get back into it and I feel refreshed and I feel recharged. So in addition to scheduling your work time during the day, make sure you're also scheduling breaks. All right, my fourth tip is around using a calendar app and a way to track your tasks. So I am obsessed with Google Drive. I use Google Drive for absolutely everything. That is my go-to, but you don't need to use Google Drive. Whatever you find that helps you with managing your tasks or managing your calendar, uh, different things work for different people. A lot of people like to use a program called Asana, which is A-S-A-N-A. I haven't used it much. I've tried before, but I kind of keep going back to my old habits. I think it's an amazing tool and, and I hope to eventually start to use it a little bit better. But for now, I use my Google Drive. So what I do is I use Google Calendar. I actually schedule in my work time. I schedule in when I have meetings, when I'm going to work out. I put it all in there. If I don't put it in there, it's probably either not going to happen or I'm going to forget about it, which happens to me a lot. I, if I don't have it in my calendar, it will be forgotten hundred percent. So it helps to, this also helps to free up your brain to be creative when you're not trying to keep track of all of the tasks that you have to do that week. Having to keep chat, keep track of the tasks in your brain makes you feel really overwhelmed. So try whatever you can to not have to do that. What I also do in addition to Google Calendar is I keep a pen and paper just running checklist of all of my things that I have to get done. Um, This helps me to categorize my thoughts and my to-do list. I find, again, not writing things out becomes more stressful because when it's circulating in your brain, you just feel really overwhelmed. Um, Writing things out helps you feel like you have an action plan for how to actually accomplish what you want to accomplish. So, you know, depending on whether you use a pen and paper the old-fashioned way or whether you like to use an online or an app checklist whatever works for you just having some sort of a checklist where you can brain dump all of the tasks that you want to get done Um, the other thing that I use uh, Google Calendar for is actually to plan content and social media posts Uh, So I'll probably talk about this in a separate podcast altogether because I think it's a pretty juicy topic but Having things mapped out really helps with consistency instead of scrambling to try and come up with good content each and every day. So what I do is actually write out ideas for every day of that month on things that I might want to talk about. Um, You know, do it during a time when you're feeling creative, you're feeling inspired so that you have a bank of ideas to go back to when you're trying to come up, uh, trying to come up with something. Same thing goes for blog posts. Um, you know, depending on whether you write about nutrition or whatever topic within the world of health, uh, make sure that you're planning your content in advance. It becomes a lot more difficult to come up with good, relevant topics when you're in a pinch and you're trying to just do something quickly. So uh, using apps or using some sort of a tool to schedule your calendar and your tasks is super important.
All right, so on to number five. So number five is separating your workspace. Now, depending on your situation, you may not have a separate space to be able to work versus a space to be able to have, you know, your personal time. So, you know, that's okay if you don't have that. But as much as you can, try and just leave your work stuff in one little area and have that boundary between, you know, that space where you know you're supposed to be working and then, you know, the rest of your house, which is meant to be, uh, you know, for things that you just to relax and enjoy doing. Um, So it becomes very easy to work all the time when you don't have that physical trigger of actually leaving your office for the day. So, you know, a lot of people that work nine to five jobs, they actually go to a workspace um, or go to their workplace and they know that, okay, when they get there, that signals that it's work time. And then when I leave, it signals that it's time for me to unwind and relax and have my evening. Uh, But when all of a sudden your work and your home space are the same thing, it becomes challenging to maintain those boundaries. So just stay aware of that. Try and make sure that you're setting regular work hours for, uh, for your day and turn on and off at those times. And when you can, try and separate your workspace. So whether that's setting up, I know my fiance right now is working from home, which he never has done before. And so he's put a little workspace into our guest bedroom so that he can, um, you know, just have a little space for himself. Um, All right, on to number six don't multitask. (laughs) So I don't care what anyone says, but having the TV on in the background while you're working does not help you get stuff done. In my opinion, all it takes is for someone's comment on the news to trigger your interest, especially right now. We know that there's tons of news and all of a sudden you're completely distracted and maybe you're stressed out depending on what you just heard. So if you want to watch TV or you want to watch the news, then absolutely go for it. But do it during your scheduled break times, not while you're trying to get the important work done. So again, don't multitask. Number seven. All right, this is a big one. Having a big three. So what do I mean by that? This was an idea that I first learned from listening to the Jenna Kutcher podcast. If you're a fan of Jenna Kutcher, uh, she's an amazing um, coach, business coach, mentor. She has uh, an amazing Instagram feed and podcast as well. So check her out if you haven't already. But I got this idea from her around having what I call a big three. So a big three is what are the three things that you must get done today? These need to be your most important tasks so that if shit hits the fan and the day goes completely crazy and nothing is going according to plan, you know that you at least got the most important, the three most important things accomplished. Now, three doesn't sound like a lot, but again, if your day gets crazy, three becomes very manageable and that you kn- and then you know that at least you did something that is going to help to move your business or help to move your work along instead of just staying stagnant. So what are things that should be included in your big three? These are things that should be moving your business forward. This does not include 
things like checking emails. So those little task related things that you have to do every day, but they're not really helping to contribute to your business. Um, It would include things like for me, filming this podcast. This was a big three for me today. And I'm consequently, I'm doing it first thing in the morning on Monday, because I know if the day gets away from me, I might not actually do it. So I want to make sure that I start my day doing something that's really important. You know, or something like write, writing a blog post. Um, those sorts of activities that are going to help to move your business along that aren't those little menial tasks. All right, so making sure that you're scheduling or you're setting a big three for the day. Write those out in the morning so that you know exactly what you have to accomplish. And then everything else that you do is just a bonus. You know, as long as you get your big three done, then amazing. Good for you for getting anything else done on top of that. Now, my last one, number eight, is having happy activities to surround your workday. So, what I mean by this is make sure that you are surrounding your work work day with things that bring you joy because life is not all about working your butt off. Of course, that's important, but you want to make sure that you have joy and you have fulfillment as well, especially during a time like this when things are a little crazy and a little stressful. Having joy is more important than ever. So, One of those things that I do to keep me happy is having a morning routine. So every personal development coach or business coach will tell you that having a morning routine is really important. And I have seen the benefit in that for sure. For me, a morning routine helps me feel happy. It helps me start the day feeling more centered. So what I do is I wake up at about the same time every day, give or take maybe 15 to 30 minutes. Um, I have a vanilla Earl Grey tea and I sit on the couch. I have some oatmeal. I relax for a few minutes. I might turn on the TV for 10 minutes. Um, and I, I kind of just sit there and just chill in my pajamas and it feels really, really good. And it helps me to start the day with, um, you know, positivity instead of feeling flustered and feeling rushed. I will then usually 90% of the time I would do a workout after that. So for me right now, that means doing some sort of a home workout or going out for a run. Uh, There's tons of free home workouts online right now. It doesn't have to be anything crazy, 20 to 30 minutes, whatever you have time for. Um, So figure out what that activity is for you. Is it reading? Is it doing a little bit of yoga? Is it just having 10 minutes of alone time with a coffee and burning a really nice smelling candle in a dark living room? Whatever that is for you, make sure that you're doing it and you're sticking with it. And if that means having to wake up 10 minutes earlier than you normally do in order to get that sacred time, then just do it. Do it for yourself. Um, And then that also goes with at the end of the day. So for me, I always plan to do something that I love at the end of the day so that I have something to look forward to. So I love to cook and I love to bake. Those two things help me feel super relaxed and they bring me so much joy. So I know that if I'm planning to make a really tasty dinner at the end of the day, that is something I can look forward to. Uh, And that's just something that I love. So when I finish the day, usually my routine is 
you know, maybe taking my dog for a little walk, throwing on the TV, picking a show that I love, uh, and watching some TV while I make dinner. And usually that also involves sipping on a glass of wine. Um, So, you know, making sure that you're structuring your day with what I call happy activities uh, in the morning and in the evening as well. Alrighty. So, That was my list of eight different things that I have been doing to stay productive when working from home. And just something to note that these um, these habits have been years in the making. I have worked from home in some capacity at least one to two days per week for the last couple of years. And so I've learned how to build these habits. But you're absolutely not going to be perfect. So if you're feeling frazzled, just start focusing on one thing at a time and try to get 1% better every single day. There's a concept that one of my favorite food bloggers talks about on the Food Food Blogger Pro podcast, and it's the idea of 1% infinity, which means that the goal should be to become 1% better every single day forever. So The goal is to never stop improving, but also take small and measurable steps to get there. As RDs, we're taught to counsel our clients on taking small and measurable steps. So why wouldn't we use the same approach for ourselves? So that is a wrap. A couple things I want to mention before I sign off. If this podcast inspired you and you learned something from it, make sure to take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Tag me at RD Entrepreneur and let me know what you liked about it. And you can use the hashtag The Dietitian Project. Uh, ratings also help to ensure that this podcast is visible to more people. So if you loved this episode, make sure to leave me a rating. And then lastly, make sure and check out my website at kristaco.com for some awesome free resources for dietitians or nutrition professionals. So right now I have a content calendar for the coming month to help you plan out what you're going to write about or post about. This can be applied to a private practice, um, any social media posts you have coming up, or any setting where you educate people on nutrition to help you better understand what people are going to be thinking about, talking about um, over the next uh, or over the coming month. Uh, on there, I also have a free branding guide to help you define your personal style and brand as a dietitian or nutrition professional. It includes a customizable template for you to add the fonts and colors you like so that when you post on social media or your website, you're not left wondering, you know, "Uh, is this going to look good in my feed? I just don't know. And then it ends up taking way longer than it's supposed to. So, alrighty. So have an amazing week, guys. And just remember, if you're listening to this through COVID-19, this too shall pass. We will get through this and we will see the other side. So stay positive, keep supporting each other and have an awesome week.